Hello, this is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ in Omaha, Nebraska. Welcome back to Search the Scriptures. Great to be back with all of our listeners again, and it is such a pleasure and a blessing to be able to be together with you. You want to learn God's Word. You want to study some more. You want to grow in your faith, and that's what the Scriptures are really basically about, to help you develop and then grow stronger and stronger and stay strong in your faith. Faith comes by hearing the Word of God, Romans 10 and verse 17. We want to encourage you to come and worship and study God's Word with us and grow spiritually with us. Get to know us. Let us get to know you at the Sunny Slope Church of Christ. Our church building is located at 3606 North 108th Street right here in Omaha, 3606 North 108th Street. Bible classes begin at 9.30 on Sunday morning, followed by worship at 10.30. Sunday evening, we come back together at 6 o'clock for another period of worship and Bible study. Wednesday evenings, middle of the week, good time to come back together and study God's Word further. Each Wednesday evening, 6.30 midweek Bible classes. You're welcome to any and all of these services. And again, we'd love to meet you and get to know you and let let you get to know us. We also encourage you to go to our website at churchofchrist.com, churchofchrist.com, and click on the, uh, the, the podcast button and sign up for our podcasting. Now, it's free. It always will be free. And then when maybe you miss a program on Search the Scriptures, this radio program, you'll automatically receive it on your smart device, whether that's your phone or computer or whichever device you choose. You'll receive Search the Scriptures five days a week automatically, and again, always free. But you'll also receive a great deal more Bible teaching, a Sunday morning Bible class, a Wednesday night Bible class, all of our sermons, and a short, only about a 13-minute, but a short Bible study every single day, seven days a week, that we call today's Bible class, keeping us in God's Word and keeping us strong in our faith. So take advantage of that, churchofchrist.com. We're going to get back into our study. We're talking about heart troubles, but we're talking about we're talking about who we really are and all that we are. We're not talking about the organ or the muscle in our chest pumping blood through our circulatory system. That's physiological. We're talking more who we are, everything that we are, our value system, our conscience, our mindset, our thought process, our spiritual reality. When Jesus was asked, what is the great commandment in the law, Matthew chapter 22, he said, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. And Mark's account adds with all your strength. And so we're talking about with your whole being, who you really are, what you are, your value system, your direction in life, your mindset, and so on, everything that you are, and your soul. Well, in this particular part of our study on heart troubles, we're talking about a real heart problem, and that's gossip. Real problem. So many people participate in gossip. Sometimes without realizing that's what they're doing, that they're really gossiping. Maybe somebody told them something, and they might have thought, well, that's true, and so they pass it on, but it was told to them as gossip. They may not even realize that it's not true, or at least portions of it are not true, because gossip is like that. It's slandering and so on. Well, 
again, just quickly, let me go back over the definitions that we read. Webster defines gossip as a person who chatters or repeats idle talk and rumors about others. Now, we know that rumors are often not true. They're rumors. Somebody said something, and then it got expanded upon. Then it got expanded upon some more, and it got passed on. And somewhere along the line, we come to realize, well, that never happened. Another definition is describing gossip as discussing personal details of other people's lives, whether rumor or fact. So again, sometimes it's just rumor, especially when malicious, and I would add, or salacious. Now again, remember what gossip, remember who are the subjects of gossip. Never the person doing the gossiping. Always somebody else. And when you look at synonyms used in the scriptures for gossip, you get even a greater understanding of the negative nature of gossip. We've looked at one synonym, and that's talebearer. Now, we understand what a talebearer is, people who carry tales. They tell tales about other people, about other things. And so, talebearer, and that's condemned in the scriptures. Another synonym we looked at is backbiting, and that really describes very directly and clearly the nature of gossip. It's backbiting. You are spreading some negative statement about somebody else, and you may not even know if it's really true or not, or completely true. And sometimes, even if it's true, it's not something that needs to be told. You're not helping anything by telling somebody about some things, about other people, even if it really happened. How many things in your life are you keeping a secret from other people? You wouldn't want somebody to go around backbiting about you about those things, tail-bearing, gossiping about those things. Another synonym we looked at is whisperings, whisperings. And isn't that the nature of gossip? Somebody starts to gossip to somebody else about somebody, uh, you know, a third party, and, and their voice drops. They may even, you know, get up a little closer to the other person so they can hear them as they, they lower the tone of their voice almost to a whisper. Why? Because you're telling something you don't want to be heard outright by other people around you. You're telling something that may not even be true. You're telling something, even if it's true, that's negative about somebody else. You're trying to talk down about somebody else. Busybodies is another one. Busybodies. Well, that's another term, another synonym for gossiping. And the word describes, in part, a person who is meddling with or bustling about other people's matters. Boy, is that a description of gossip or what? Or meddling in other people's affairs. And that's according to Vine's Expository Dictionary, New Testament words. And certainly there is a central tenet to gossip in being a busybody. The Apostle Paul warned the Thessalonians, we, be, we, we hear that there are some who walk among you in a disorderly manner, not working at all, but are busybodies. Idleness will lead to becoming a busybody. 2 Thessalonians 3 and verse 11. In his first letter to Timothy, Paul directly associates busybodies with gossip. 
in 1 Timothy 5 in verse 13. And it's rather striking to read the Apostle Peter's listing of busybodies with some pretty horrible sins. He wrote, but let none of you suffer as a murderer, a thief, an evildoer, or a busybody in other people's matters. 1 Peter 4 and verse 15. You see, a gossiper doesn't think that they're really doing anything wrong in their gossiping. And if you start confronting them about gossiping, they, they don't, you know, they're upset. They, they don't want, oh, I'm not gossiping. Uh, yeah, you are. Why do you think I'm, I'm challenging you about it? And notice, Peter puts that, being a busybody, a gossiper, in a line of sinful practices along with murdering, being a thief, and an evildoer. 1 Peter 4 and verse 15. Well, another synonym is slanderer. And that's what gossip is about, basically. You're slandering something. You're telling something about somebody the result of which is to slander them. And often the motive behind why you're saying it is to slander them. You want to slander them. You wouldn't say that openly, but that's yes, your motive. You want to tear them down in the eyes of other people. And maybe you think and by tearing them down, you'll build yourself up, but that doesn't work. One of the most despicable characteristics of gossip is its effect of slandering the person who is its subject. Now think about what slander does. It maligns, it slurs, it smears, it libels, it disparages, it defames the reputation and the character of a person who is the subject of it. All of these results, all of these results are traits of gossip, of gossip. Well, traits of gossip. The admonition of the psalmist against slander. Note, let not a slanderer be established in the earth. Let evil hunt the violent man to overthrow him. Psalm 140 and verse 11. While slanderer I'm sorry, while slander can destroy the reputation of another person, the psalmist warns that the slanderer himself can face eternal destruction from God. Whoever secretly slanders his neighbor, him I will destroy. The one who has a haughty look and a proud heart, him I will not endure. God's word, Psalm 101 and verse 5. Note the stern rebuke from the wise man. Whoever hides hatred has lying lips, and whoever spreads slander is a fool. Proverbs 10 and verse 18. In dealing with the character of wives and potential deacons in the Lord's church, Paul says, likewise, their wives must be reverent, not slanderers temperate, faithful in all things, 1 Timothy 3 and verse 11. An alterate rendering or translation for slanderers in this verse is malicious gossips. That really says it all, doesn't it? Malicious gossips. In writing to Titus, Paul described practicing slander as being uncharacteristic, 
uncharacteristic of a godly woman living by the sound doctrine of God's word. Notice, but as for you, speak the things which are proper for sound doctrine, that the older men may be sober, reverent, temperate, sound in faith, in love, in patience, the older women likewise that they be reverent in behavior, not slanderers, not given to much wine, teachers of good things. Interesting. In his second letter to Timothy, Paul warned that men would ultimately turn to all manner of ungodliness, among which he included the practice of slander. Again, gossip being a synonym. Notice this in 2 Timothy chapter 3. But know this, that in the last days perilous times will come. For men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers, without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, good, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power. And from such people turn away. Paul wrote, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 1 through 5. Strong words, isn't it? And you talk about negative, negative representation. Think about all of those sinful practices among which slanderers is included. And we're told to turn away from such people. And what is slander in relation to gossip? (laughs) It's what gossip is really all about. It's a synonym for the word gossip. Now, a lot of gossipers would probably say, well, no, I'm not slandering. I'm not trying to slander somebody. Uh, Yeah. Gossip is negative by character. And when you're telling it, you're slandering somebody. You need to understand that. You need to understand the nature of gossip. It is being a busybody. It is personified as, as whispering because you don't want to tell it out loud. But it's also tail-bearing and it's backbiting. It's negative by character. And so it is slandering the person you're gossiping about. You're trying to tell something about that person in a negative light and paint that person in that negative light by what you're saying about him or her. In our last few minutes here today, and we'll finish this up tomorrow, I want to talk about one of the classic contexts of Scripture in the entire Bible about the misuse of the tongue. Now, and I'm not talking about the tongue per, per se. I'm not talking about that, that physical organ. I'm talking about misuse of speech. And God has blessed us with a tongue to enable us to speak, to communicate through the spoken word. And what a blessing that is. Now, we find this particular treatise in James chapter 3. 
<clears throat> and it's rather lengthy. So again, we'll, we'll just get started focusing on this today, and we'll finish it up next time. Obviously, gossip is a result of not properly controlling one's tongue or his speech. You think about that tongue. It's a small organ, isn't it? small part of the human body. But its potential for both good and evil is enormous. Whichever we use it to produce, its product can affect our entire life and the lives of many other people who are the object of what we say. James put it in a nutshell, so to speak, when he wrote, if anyone does not stumble in word, (laughs) he is a perfect man, also able to bridle the whole body. James 3 and verse 2. Now, I want us to take a moment and read this context of Scripture. It begins in James chapter 3 and verse 1, and then goes all the way down through verse 12. And we'll come back and we'll kind of dissect it next time as we bring this particular study to a close. James chapter 3, beginning with verse 1, James wrote, My brethren, let not many of you become teachers, knowing that we shall receive a stricter judgment because of what we're doing. We're teaching. We need to make sure we get it right. He's not saying, don't ever try to teach. He's saying, you need to really realize the importance of what you're doing when you're trying to teach somebody God's word. You need to make sure you get it right. He goes on and says, for we all stumble in many things. If anyone does not stumble in word, he is a perfect man, able also to bridle the whole body. Now, that is the difficulty that he lays out in very descriptive illustration kind of form of how difficult it is to make sure that we always keep our speech pure and correct, that we don't stumble in the way we speak to other people. And I'm talking, I'm not talking about slurring or, or, you know, mumbling or anything. I'm talking about making sure that what we say is always correct and that our intentions are always pure. He goes on and says, indeed, we put bits in horses' mouths that they may obey us and we turn their whole body. So horse can weigh a whole ton, maybe more in some cases. And yet we control that horse through a very small implement that we call a bit. We put it in his mouth. That's trapped. Uh, that that's connected to a stirrup, and you know, with that stirrup in our hands, we can make the horse go either one way or another, or make him uh, halt altogether. And compared to the size of the entire horse, that that bit is tiny. He goes on and he says, look at ships, although they are so large and are driven by fierce winds, they are turned by a very small rudder wherever the pilot desires. And so again, you may have a ship that is two or three football fields in length. It may be enormous in size, but by comparison to to the size of the entire ship, you have this small rudder that really directs the ship in one direction or another. And the pilot controls that rudder. Even so, the tongue is a little member and boasts great things. See how great a forest a little fire kindles. 
Well, again, one match can start an entire forest ablaze. He's comparing the tongue to that kind of destructive power if we don't keep it under control, if we don't keep our speech under control. The tongue is a fire, he goes on and says in verse 6, a world of iniquity. That is, if we misuse it, if we don't control it properly. The tongue is so set among our members that it defiles the whole body and sets on fire the course of nature, and it is set on fire by hell. <laughs> Devil's skillful at getting us off track in how we use our speech. For every beast of the field and bird of reptile and creature of the sea is tamed and has been tamed by mankind. But no man can tame the tongue. It is an unruly evil full of deadly poison. With it we bless our God and Father, and with it we curse men who have been made in the similitude or likeness of God. Out of the same mouth proceed blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not to be so. Does a spring send forth fresh water and bitter at, from the same opening? Can a fig tree, my brethren, bear olives, or a grapevine bear figs? Thus no spring yields both salt water and fresh. Even when we do our best, when we're very conscious and conscientious of how we use our tongue in speech, we still mess up at times, don't we? We still stubble or stub our toe and stumble and make mistakes and say the wrong things. But you see, a gossiper, they're not trying to control their tongue. They're gossiping on purpose. And it has all of the negative consequences of what gossip is really about. Let's stay away from that. And that is a product of the condition of our heart that we have conditioned it to become. We'll finish this study next time. Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, help us to keep focused on controlling our tongue, speaking in good productive ways, and always in the way we conduct ourselves in speech, to be faithful to you, to be a good example of Christianity, and to bring you glory, Father. We pray. Please guide us in this and help us in this. And please, Father, we beg you, please forgive us. Forgive us when we stumble and help us to get back on the right track. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.